Hello, welcome back to the Recovery Daily Podcast with me, Rachel, a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. Today I wanted to start off by telling you about the MRI that I had last week on my ears and I wanted to tell you because there's something interesting that happened. So when I was in there, you know, minding my own business, (laughs) I kept hearing the lady say to me that I needed to stay still. Like, she's sensing a lot of movement. I'm going to need you to stay still. And I'm like, I mean, I was not moving. (laughs) I was not moving. Um, And I'm thinking, I swallowed. Maybe that made it, you know, move. Made my head move. I don't know. That's the only thing I did. I swallowed twice while I was in there. And um, then eventually she said that, my eyes were making the movements and that I needed to gently shut my eyes, um, which led me to believe that she thought my eyes were open when I was in there and they weren't, they were shut. So eventually uh, she wheeled me out and I said, you know, my eyes were closed the whole time that I was in there. And she said, oh, huh. So she was surprised by that. She said that there was rapid eye movement and it was causing her to have to redo uh, different sections of the MRI. So that was really enlightening um, and it might actually be a key to part of the issue. So I was looking up a little bit about rapid eye movement and uh lo and behold, a stroke can cause a, uh, I don't don't know how to pronounce the name, but um, I will learn how to pronounce the name, but it's something uh, that is like, I don't know, rapid eye movement. So it starts with an N as in Nancy. So I'll have to look it up and I'll tell you how to, how to, how to pronounce it. But um, this might be part of the problem and it, And it does all have to do with your ears and stuff. So I thought this was really enlightening. So maybe we're getting closer to an answer. We will see. So uh, I thought that was important to share with you um, and anybody else who listens who um, has had a stroke or deals with any sort of uh, vision impairment or headaches or anything like that. Uh, So I'll let you know how that goes. I have my next appointment is with my neurologist on February 8th to review the MRI. So I have to, of course, wait a couple weeks, but um, that'll be here before you know it. And then I will report back what we find out from there. So moving on with today's topic, today I want to unpack honesty. And I want to talk about honesty from this angle, Um, the self-awareness that is required to be honest about our motives. So what do I mean by that? Um, In this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, we read about honesty um, in a book called As Bill Sees It, which is an AA-approved piece of literature. 
And uh, so we picked like three readings about honesty. And um, these are some of the things that it talked about and my response to them. So it talked about how sometimes we disguise a not so great motive within a seemingly good one. And it's a tricky thing to recognize when we're doing this. And it really requires a constant conscious effort to be self-aware and to correct our intentions. Why is that? Because often the act of deceiving others stems from deceiving ourselves. Uh, and, and a lot of times this isn't even, um, you're not even aware of it, that it's happening. Uh, for me, it's habit. You know, it's years of, of doing things one way and trying to learn to do things another way. So one thing that I have found to be uh, a great self-correcting exercise is admitting my motives out loud. Uh, so this would be to my higher power, um, talking about my fears and maybe my hidden truths that I didn't know were there out loud. And maybe uh, it, it might feel strange <laughs> you know, to talk out loud. Um, just talk about what you're thinking out loud when it seems like nobody's listening. Depending on your relationship with your higher power, you may find it very easy. I found, I found it very difficult, but it really has been a powerful step towards honesty, towards really understanding what's going on inside my brain. Um, because I can think all I want, right? I can think all I want, but when I actually try to articulate out loud what's going on inside my brain, <laughs> um, more is revealed, uh, we'll just say. So there's something about saying things out loud. It's like holding a mirror up to yourself and and taking a look, you know, taking a hard look at yourself and it's looking from the outside in instead of the inside out, I guess. It's easier for me to think something and tuck it away inside my dark place and nobody knows about it. But if I think something and say it out loud, it's like exposed. You know, it's like I'm exposed and I can actually see or hear whether what I'm thinking is, uh, has good intention or bad intention, you know, uh, just by how it sounds and how it feels to articulate it. So the serenity prayer is a staple in my sobriety program, and it prompts me to pause and assess my situation or my relationship, whatever's happening, to discern what's within my power to change and what isn't and decide if, uh, if there's anything I can do about a situation or not. Um, once I have that answer as to whether there is something I can change or there isn't, 
then I can decide what are my choices for what I can do? What are my different uh, choices for actions I can take? And then finally, taking each one of those actions and figuring out, like looking at the intention behind each one of my choices. The heart, I believe, of honesty is the intention behind our action. And are, you know, are we being honest with ourselves and are we being honest with others? I think when I was drinking, I was being more dishonest with myself than I was anybody else. And my intentions are not always as clear cut as they seem at first consideration. Um, sometimes I can spend some time thinking about what it is, why I'm doing things that I'm doing, and find that I'm actually manipulating someone. I, I have told people at work when I was working that I'm a manipulator. Um, I was like, I may not seem like one, but I'm a, it's my superpower. And I always need to be super self-aware to discern if there are selfish intentions that are whipped in with what appears to be kindness and empathy. And, you know, of course, I, I get the response back, there's no way you're manipulating people. And I'm like, I really am. I really am. And, um, and it's not something I'm trying to do, but, um, I look at it as win-win. I try to, I try to, um, engage in relationships and with people, places, and things in a way that I'm going to benefit, and so are the people around me, you know? I mean, who doesn't do that, right? Um, But I've noticed that there are times that I am manipulative. Um, Anyway, if there's any doubt as to whether what I'm deciding to do to make a change, if I decide that a change can be made, um, if there's any doubt about what my intentions are, then I need to have a conversation out loud with uh, myself or my higher power, whatever it is that, you know, I believe, and articulate out loud what my intentions are, it can, it can make it much easier to stop fooling myself, you know, to hold that mirror up. And I can tell by how tough it is to voice my intentions to myself or to my higher power. So the serenity prayer doesn't say give up, run and hide if you can't change the situation. I don't have to run away if there's nothing I can do to change people, places, and things. 
nor do I have to fight um, if life is not playing out the way that I didn't choose because I have no control over anything beyond my fingertips. So the serenity prayer allows me to, if I decide that if I get engaged in whatever this thing is, um, and if I find my only option is something that is ill-intended, then I can just sit back, grab some popcorn, and watch the movie of life play out without me getting involved. And one thing that makes me think of is I used to tell people at work all the time uh, because there was so much at work that was out of my control, you know. Um, I used to say I was so excited to see how the story ends. And I said it with sarcasm for sure, but it was also an acknowledgement that there's so much that's out of my control. And it was my way of finding a lighthearted way of just backing up out of the situation and, and saying, you know, I, I can't control this. I can't control what's happening. I can't control you. I can't control him. Um, all I can do is sit back, grab some popcorn, and watch it play out. And sometimes it's really the best thing to do. Um, so it's also important to recognize when I'm blaming others for my circumstances because it's a comfortable way for me to ignore my own shortcomings, you know, my own defects of character. And accepting our circumstances, the product of my own choices, allows me to invite some humility into my life. It's, it's a nudge towards letting go of the control that I never really had to begin with. But no matter how self-aware I think I am, I definitely need others to keep me honest. I do because I will just start writing out my life story in some sort of parallel universe that is not based on reality. You know, it's like I'll start thinking, because I guess of my obsessive, my tendency to be a bit obsessive in my thinking, I'll start going down this path and then I'll create, you know, I'll, I'll start I guess, answering questions that I posed myself that really has nothing to do with anybody or anything. It's like I'm just creating this story about how my life is and how everybody else is involved in it. And I'll just keep going down that road and create this, this whole different parallel universe. And 
it's always so helpful for me to pull other people into my life. So that's one reason why I think it's so important that I try to call a few people every day and talk to people because I need them to pull me back into my boots, you know? I need them to talk about themselves. I need to hear what their issues of the day are, what concerns are they worried about, and refocus on somebody else other than me because that keeps me honest. It pulls me right back into where I am. Um, If I was starting to go down some path of ill intention, you know, um, or just making, making up my own ending to the story. Uh, sometimes the voice inside your head can be either your friend or, or it can be your adversary. And it's either telling you to be kind to yourself, forgiving to yourself and pushing yourself Uh, with compassion and understanding that you would offer someone else. Um, The way we speak to ourselves is, is so critical in shaping our honesty and our intentions with those around us. And as much as I live in today in recovery, you know, I only have today, my values, though, got, are guided by this vision of my future self and not just the stuff I want to finish by tomorrow. Um, so all of this can be very complex, and it's not, you know, it's not straightforward. At least it's not straightforward in my head when I'm trying to, you know, articulate my thoughts about it. Um, But I do encourage you to reflect on your motives. Um, Use the tools that that you've gathered that we talk about in these Recovery Daily podcast episodes and help uh, have it it help you examine the quality of your own uh, inner conversation when you're approaching something, some decision that you're making or something that you're doing or something that you're saying, how you're reacting to somebody, take a minute and think about what your motive is. Because sometimes I think I react so quickly, um, even even if I pause long enough to respond instead of react, I may not necessarily be thinking about what my motives are with what I'm saying. That's almost like an extra pause. (laughs) Um, And more importantly, try saying your self-talk out loud. Number one, the way that I realized I was having a stroke is because I was talking to myself out loud. So that's the first, that's the, your first reason to talk out loud, <laughs> say out loud what you're thinking. Um, but number two, even if it feels awkward, you will most likely hear something new that you 
wouldn't hear if you were just thinking these things. You might just hear a motive that you didn't know was hiding underneath your good intentions if you think out loud. So thank you for listening today. We are closing in our on our Reads and Recovery episode, which is on January 29th. And that episode will be just like these. It will be a recording. But I would love to get your feedback on the book of the month so I can include it in that podcast episode. So you can email me at rachel at recoverydailypodcast.com or fill out the contact form on my website, recoverydailypodcast.com. And if you haven't started reading this, uh, this month's book, it is not too late. There's still time. It's a short read, but it's definitely a good one. Um, not to give it away, but it is. The book is The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. And I believe there's a lot in there that um, is beneficial for folks that aren't even trying to get sober. Sober. Um, the book is by, the author is Catherine Gray. So um, I look forward to being able to hear what you guys think about the book of the month and um, talking about it on January 29th. So take care and I will talk to you tomorrow.